0: Amen. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. We love you. We thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We love you. We love you. We love you. We praise you. Man, it's so awesome. I've been studying tonight. Uh, We're not going to do our Romans Bible study because this is really kind of just a... Thanksgiving type service. And so I've been filling myself up this afternoon with with scriptures and verses. And it's just amazing. I mean, really, when you just begin to thank the Lord, how you just begin to flow in the oil of joy. Because the Bible says He's given us the oil of joy and the garment of praise. Amen. My heart just feels overflowed with with thankfulness. And so let's just continue. Take a moment and thank the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Ghost. We love you so much. You're wonderful to us. You're wonderful to us. hallelujah hallelujah we praise you we praise you you're a wonderful lord everything we have you've given to us and we thank you for it everything we have lord thank you for our victories thank you for the blessing hallelujah that you've poured out on our life thank you lord for our homes and our church that we have Everything. Lord, thank you that we came walking in here on two legs. There's so much to be thankful for. We love you. Hallelujah. Lord, thank you for the Holy Spirit that dwells in us. Lord, we just we endeavor this service to welcome Him and to not grieve Him or stifle Him in any way whatsoever, but just to fellowship with you through the Spirit tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hopefully tonight I can put your eyes on thankfulness. Man, it's crazy reading the scriptures. I just, uh, seen a. you can turn that pad down just a little bit for me. I've seen in the scriptures how important it is and in the new covenant, we're going to go over some scriptures. Honestly, my notes are a little are, are just kind of scratched on this pad and, and I've spent most of the day today, the Lord was giving me prophetic words for 2022 that, that I was writing down and, and kind of logging and charting and I'm excited for that. I was reading it. And I was just, man, the Lord was just showing me so many powerful things. I was, I, I probably started at, I don't know, what, 10, 11 o'clock. I didn't finish with, with what the Lord earlier than that? Earlier than that. Didn't finish with it until about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Just, uh, I mean, it was powerful, y'all. I'm excited to share it. I don't know if I'm going to share it before. We're definitely going to be doing a New Year's service here. And. Maybe we'll have some fireworks and some good stuff, but we'll have some details announced about that coming up on the calendar. Uh, I'll definitely share some of it during that service, but I I mean, everything will be shared up to that point because I want you to hear this stuff before we go into 2022. But who knows? I can't I can't keep a secret very well, honestly. Yeah, I've already got some gifts being prepared for some people and and uh. I've so badly wanted to tell them like, oh man, let me tell you what, what I got coming and, and I have to, I'm just not good at that. Whenever I get somebody a gift, I just kind of want I don't, to, I don't want them to wait till Christmas to open it. I'm like, hey, you want to know what I got you? I do that, don't I? Hey, I got you a birthday present. You're like, my birthday's not for five months. Yeah, do you want to go ahead and open it today? <laughs> Hallelujah. So, I mean, I don't want to hold on to those things. Maybe I'll share them soon, because it's a lot to unpack, but uh, heavy things, they're deep things. (sighs) Hallelujah. So today, I don't want to do it as a cliche, you know, it's Thanksgiving, but really, I mean, the Lord led me to talk about this because it's so important. It's so important. Thanksgiving is so important in our lives. Amen. I don't know if you know that. It is extremely, extremely, extremely important that we operate in thanksgiving to the Lord all the time. Every single day, all the time. Uh, and, you know, and I was kind of... I have some scriptures jotted down where we're going to go over, we're going to let the Holy Ghost just take the reins tonight and, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll go through some of this stuff. But I was looking it up in and, and the history of thanksgiving a lot of you probably know the original Pilgrims in Plymouth, Massachusetts, that whole story. Uh, but I did think this was interesting that in 1777, the United States required all 13 colonies. This was before it was a national holiday. All 13 colonies were made to celebrate Thanksgiving for God's hand. Or basically for God giving them victory in the Revolutionary War. Uh, and just keeping them. And and I mean, if you you know anything about that war, it was supernatural because the opponents that we were fighting were, I mean, greatly, greatly, greatly outnumbered us in every way whatsoever. Uh, You hear stories about that flag that that I talk about all the time, the Appeal to Heaven flag, and and some of those battles, and, and George Washington being a man of prayer. And so, anyways, you just saw the hand of the Lord all over that. And so in 1776, they actually mandated that all 13 colonies were made to celebrate Thanksgiving. The reason I'm asking you that, or um, the reason I'm telling you that, uh, and I'll go ahead and say this. You guys, you know, Thanksgiving's really not about the turkey. It's really not about the food. It's really not about the football games that are on TV. I know we have a lot of people traveling and maybe people popping it online, but let me tell you, uh, and I'm obviously everybody that's here, this isn't to you, but... Uh, what Thanksgiving really is, is a time set apart where we give honor where honor is due. It's, it's a time, what it was for them in 1776, it was a time where they said, okay guys, we're stopping everything, and it's not about playing games and getting so caught up on the holidays. It's literally a day that we as a country want to take and honor God and give Him thanks. For the victories that He's given us and the blessings that He's given us. That's what Thanksgiving's about. So you guys chose to come to the house of God tonight, and, and I'm telling you, you made the right decision. And if there's anybody, you know, watching online that you're like, well, I, I wasn't able to come because I'm cooking, I wasn't able to come because of this or because of that, I want to tell you, it's not about the food. It's not about the food. That's a great thing that we get to do, but it's not about that. Uh, and let me just tell you this as well. 1863, Abraham Lincoln, this is when we declared, Abraham Lincoln declared the last Thursday of November, Thanksgiving Day in 1863. It was kind of the same principle. You know, him with him, it was more of a war effort. like they want they were the Civil War and all of that was coming up and was happening. And so, it was kind of a, an attempt to bring people together and unify people. But here's my point, what I'm really getting at with even telling you those things, is people in the past understood the importance of giving God thanks. They knew where the blessing came from, right? Number two, and they knew how to keep the blessing flowing in their life. We have to learn those two things, and that's what thanksgiving is. Is Number one, giving God thanks for everything that He's done. That's extremely, extremely important. I'm telling y'all, one of the worst things that just it, it, it hinders people is just thinking that God just doesn't care about our attitudes, and He doesn't care, and He, he just doesn't see anything that we do. It, it really irritates God when He's blessed us with so much, and we don't come back and say thank you for everything that he's done for us it's extremely important to the lord and let me tell you he loves blessing his children he loves blessing his children but i've heard this and it's really true the only thing the only thing that god can't do is worship himself think about that in order for god to worship and of you, maybe you're thinking, well, Jesus worshiped the Father. Yeah, but you know, Jesus, he, he laid down His divine privileges, it says. He humbled Himself. But in order to worship, the being in which you worship must be higher than you. It must be elevated. And I'm going to tell you, there's nothing higher than God. So God can't worship Himself. So that's the one service that we can give to God that He could never do for Himself. Amen. Giving God praise is the one thing that we can do for God that He could never truly do for Himself. How could He give Himself praise? He'd have to like become lower than Himself to exalt Himself. It just wouldn't work. Hallelujah. So, You know we have to understand where the blessing comes from and then give honor where honor is due tell the lord lord i'm so thankful for what you've given me and get out of pride because there's a lot of people you know they think that they are the source of the blessing in their life they maybe have some money and they're like man i'm pretty awesome i'm pretty smart i made some really good decisions I climb my way up that ladder. I'm, I'm, really, I'm really amazing. I want to tell you, that's a dangerous thing to do. But you need to give recognition where recognition is due. So they understood, we need to give God glory because He's the one. They identified the source of their power, the source of their victory, the source of their prosperity. The, the, the original pilgrims in Plymouth, Massachusetts, the first Thanksgiving uh, that they celebrated was when... You have to understand they went through this winter and it literally killed half of their entire town and so the very first thanksgiving was was they developed these relationships with these Native Americans and they taught them how to fish they taught them how to hunt they taught them how to gather and so the first thanksgiving was the first harvest that they had where they the first time that they had enough food stored up for the winter so what did they do they dedicated this time these three days of feast where they celebrated and gave God thanks that they were still alive that they had surplus that they had provision so it's important that we understand and humble ourselves and know where our success comes from. Hopefully y'all are hearing me tonight. I don't know. So they understood that, but then also people in olden days understood not only is it important to give God thanks because He deserves it, but they actually knew the key to, the, to having the blessing of the Lord continue to flow in their life. Thanksgiving. Hallelujah. We're going to go over some scriptures. One that I'm going to talk about tonight is in Psalm 67. Maybe I'll just, like I said, I don't know what the Holy Ghost is going to have me do, but go ahead and turn there. Psalm 67. It says, May the nations praise You, O God. Yes, may all the nations praise You. I'll never forget. I got this revelation reading this last year. Then, say then. Everyone say then. May the nations praise You. Then the earth will yield its harvest. And God, our God, will richly bless us. Put it up in the New King James as well. Put it up in the New King James. five through six. Let the people praise you, O God, yes, let all people praise you, then the earth shall yield her increase, say increase. Hallelujah. Then, after after praise the earth gives forth its harvest you know the Lord showed me that a lot of people know how to sow seed but you can't just sow seed because I want to tell you that if I were to go plant a vineyard and it were to become abundant and prosperous in this big vineyard that's just several several acres and there are all these grapes that's great and wonderful But if I don't know how to harvest those grapes, it doesn't do many good. The fact that I have this entire harvest, they'll sit there on the vine and they'll rot. Amen. So it's not only important that you sow seed, because a lot of Christians, they do sow seed, but then they actually struggle with, how come I don't see a harvest in my life? It's it's because they don't have a problem with the seed sowing. They have a problem knowing how to harvest the seed that they've sown. And so the Lord showed me this. He said, your praise and your thanksgiving is literally the sickle that gathers in the harvest. Hallelujah. So as we begin to praise God, it's like in the Spirit, the the sickle goes out and and it begins to bring in the harvest that is due to us. The seed that we have sown begins to come back to our lives. There's a faith principle in this as well. and And it all works together. But they understood this. It says, as the people praise you, let people praise you. Then the earth shall yield her increase. That's why even our founding fathers established this day as a national holiday where they wanted people to come together, one nation under God, and praise and give thanks to the Lord because they knew that it was actually the key to continual prosperity. Y'all don't shout me down. Thank you, Brother James. Hallelujah. The earth will yield its harvest, and God, our God, will richly, say richly, when all the nations praise you, then the earth will yield its harvest, and God, our God, will richly bless us, richly bless us, hallelujah, thank you, Lord, let me go over to Deuteronomy chapter 8. So I made the statement that when God does bless you... Let me, let me say this too. Can you go back? I'm sorry, I'm just skipping around. Stay right there. Say, then the earth shall yield her increase. Then. So does the earth yield its increase before praise or after praise? So where do a lot of people get it wrong? What, they, what they're actually saying is, I'll praise the Lord after I get the increase. Well, the Lord gave me that raise, so now I'll praise the Lord. And then what do they do in the meantime? Instead of praising the... What they do in the meantime is they sit around and mope around and complain, and they're negative and they're in doubt and they're in unbelief, and that they, they, they don't see the harvest that's actually due to them. Think about that. You know, there's people that have sown good seed and they know according to the Word that there is a harvest that's due to them. And they, but they, I just know people that run around all the time they're worried about their harvest. They're complaining that they haven't seen their harvest. Or they're complaining they haven't seen their return. You praise Him first, then the increase comes. Hallelujah. That means that you have to praise Him before you get your increase. You have to praise Him in order to get your increase. That means I need to stop complaining about what I really see and what, what I don't have. And Actually, if I'll just start thanking the Lord for it and in advance, and we're going to talk about this faith principle in a little bit anyways, the faith principle in thanksgiving as well. I'll go ahead and drop the ball on you. You thank God in advance. Amen. Yes. We'll read the Scripture, but in Christ, God has given us provision for all things. All of His promises in Christ are yes and amen. That means I don't beg God; I actually thank God. I thank God for the things that I need, and I don't just thank Him; I actually begin to praise Him. Hallelujah! I begin to praise God for the things that I'm believing before for the things I'm believing for. In accordance to Mark eleven twenty four, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you have received it, you shall have it hallelujah and so you know that's what you have to do in order to get the thing that you even desire you have to praise God like you got it before you ever see it I've seen this happen the vehicle that me and my wife believed for that we you know we were believing God a vehicle with no loan from a bank and I'll never forget the day we were praying and, and, and pushing through and persevering and waiting and, and all of these things for the money to come in to do something like that. And, uh, you know, the Lord just dropped that verse in my spirit. You can ask me for anything, Mark eleven twenty four, 24, and if you believe you have received it, you shall have it. So the Lord said, here's the key, you have to believe The moment that you prayed because you asked using the name of Jesus, just like I told you to do, and I said, when you ask anything using my name, it shall be given to you and your joy shall be full. Therefore, ask anything using my name. Well, I did that, so according to the Word of God, I asked using the name of Jesus, and the moment that I came to the Father using the name of Jesus, I have a divine right, I have a divine privilege, I have authority using that name, I have access to heaven, that's the key to everything in the storehouse of heaven. I used that name, and so now I stand in faith. It's impossible for me to not have it since I asked using that name. And so he said, Believe that you have received it. So, well, I, I don't have it in my hand. But I believe in my spirit, it's good as done. It's done. I got it. I accomplished what I set forth to accomplish. And so the Lord said, He asked me, you know, we were believing for this car. He said, Do you believe you have that car? I said, Yeah, I do. He said, you're a liar. You don't believe you have that car. And he took me to Acts, the book of Acts, the crippled beggar, where Peter came up to the crippled beggar and said, "Silver and gold I have none, but what I have, I give unto thee." And he said, you know, he lifted him up in the name of Jesus. He was healed. He immediately strength came to his legs and his ankles. And the Bible says that he went with Peter into the temple, walking. Leaping and praising God. So he was walking, but he wasn't just walking, he was leaping, he was jumping around, he was praising God because he was healed. And the Lord brought me to that verse and He said, that's how someone acts when they just received a miracle. You can say, yeah, I just believe. He said, how would you act if you walked outside your front door and it was sitting right there in front of you? I began to shout, "Hallelujah, Yes, I got it. I mean, it was like a revelation in my spirit that went off. And then lo and behold, very shortly after that, we saw it. It came into physical manifestation. Amen. And so you have to praise God first, then the earth will yield its increase hallelujah guys what does that tell you sitting around complaining about money will never get you more money sitting around and complaining about lack of increase will never ever 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 in a million billion years bring you more increase as the nations praise him then the earth shall yield its harvest, or then the earth shall yield its increase, and God our God will richly bless us after we praise Him. Hallelujah. That's the key. That's not only the key to giving honor where honor is due, but to the key to seeing perpetual increase in your life is Thanksgiving. Guys, let me just say this unthankful people will never prosper. If you are an ungrateful, unthankful person, God won't, you'll, you'll never have access to the greater things. I'll prove it to you. Look at Luke 17. Luke 17, look at verse 11, as Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria, and as he entered a village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us, ten. Ten. He looked at them and said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. Guys, all ten were cleansed. All ten. Look at this. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God. And he fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking Him for what he had done. And this man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked... Right? Is this what Jesus said? Well, you know what, brother? I'm glad that you're doing that. But this, you know, you falling at my feet and saying thank you after I did that, that's really not that necessary. You really don't have to do that. Did he say that? No, absolutely not. He actually questioned Didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Man, if you think about that, what does that tell you? Jesus actually expected all ten to come back and say thank you. So, wow! Not only is, is is thankfulness something that benefits us; it's actually something God expects from us. Can you repeat after me? Say, God expects me to be thankful. God expects me to be thankful. One more time. God expects me to be thankful. Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? Y'all, you know what's something that's interesting here? The Samaritans, he was he was like a half Jew, half Gentile. He was a half cooked fellow, half breed. If you know anything about studying the Bible and Jesus' ministry, he wasn't sent to anybody but the Jews. The lost sheep of Israel. In fact, that's why many times, you know, he ended up, he did do some miracles for some Romans. Uh, But wasn't it the Samaritan woman that he called the dog? Yeah. You know, he wasn't being rude, but that's what they called Gentiles. He said, I didn't come. I came only for God's lost sheep. He said, It isn't right for the father the master to feed the bread to the dogs take bread from the children from the table from the children the children's bread and give it to the dogs and she said but don't even the dogs get to eat the scraps from their master's table such honor to him i mean such faith too there's so much faith embedded in everything that she said and and giving jesus the proper honor me and carissa were studying this guys but faith and honor go hand in hand together if you don't have honor you can't have faith See, these people that are just totally dishonoring to the Lord, they're not faith people. Because think about, even Jesus went to His hometown and couldn't do any miracles because of their unbelief, but because of prophets without honor in His hometown. So does that show you? Honor and faith go hand in hand. And so, anyways, that's just a little nugget for you, but... He was moved by her answer and he ended up doing a miracle for her. So this was a Samaritan. So in actuality, you know, it was by the mercy of God that he even got healed at all. That Jesus did anything for him because really it was it wasn't that God didn't have compassion, but Jesus, when he did these things, it was like the Lord. (laughs) You know, I don't want to be careful how to say this, but it was like the Lord almost stepping outside. Of his, of his assignment to do these things. But there's a principle in this as well that faith moves the hand of God. Faith moves the hand of God. Amen. Even Jesus' launch into ministry in John chapter 2, He clearly told His mother, My time has not yet come. What did she do? She turned to the other servants and said, do whatever He says. What do you mean do whatever He says? His time hasn't come. What did Jesus say? You know, slap her around. I just told you. Were you not listening to me? That's not what He said. He actually, okay, go get the jugs. He gave him a command and He did His first miracle. He, he, He launched into His miracle ministry. And so, even though He said, my time has not yet come, when she put her faith out, and put a demand on God, it literally moved God into position. Her, her faith activated the Holy Ghost, if you will, you know, in Jesus where it launched him into his ministry. Because that's what faith does. Faith taps in to the supernatural. And it pulls, what's from he- it pulls heaven down to earth. It believes and sees what you can't see. And it, 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 it puts a demand and it pulls it down. That's what she did. And so, this was a Samaritan. Jesus was doing, you know, showing mercy to this person, even doing this the first time. And he says, Has no one returned to give God glory except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, Stand up and go, your faith has healed you say healed you you. so he had already been cleansed of leprosy what was if you actually study this out you can read a lot of bible scholars notes about this he he already cleansed ten lepers okay so think about this all ten lepers were cleared like the leprosy was gone from their body the disease was gone from their body but here's the interesting thing that you need to understand about leprosy is it's literally a flesh-eating disease. People that had leprosy would most of the time they would lose fingers. They could lose a hand. They could lose toes. They could lose parts of their body. Ear, you know, things just totally being deteriorated and falling off. And so these other ten, they were cleansed. You know, but they may have went up to the priest and they didn't have. They only had two fingers on their hands because the other nine. You know, they had already fallen off due to the leprosy, but now the leprosy was gone and now they were just a two fingered man that was allowed back into society. But think about this guy. He came back and said, thank you to Jesus. And another translation says, your faith has restored you. Your faith has made you whole. And so what ended up actually taking place? The Lord went the extra mile for this person. And if he had a finger or two missing or a toe or two missing, he was completely restored and completely healed. So here's the principle. I wrote this down. Thankfulness provokes greater miracles from the Lord. Thankful people and unthankful people don't get the same things in life. Amen. I'll say that again. Thankful people and unthankful people do not get the same things in life. Very true from this passage. The ten lepers, one came back to say thank you. Look at Deuteronomy 28. I'm sorry, Deuteronomy 8. I'm going to kind of read through the whole chapter and we're going to just pull a few things out of here. Be careful to obey all the commands I'm giving you today. Then you will live and multiply and you'll enter and occupy the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character And to find out whether or not you would obey his commands yes he humbled you by letting you go hungry then feeding you with manna a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors he did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone rather by every word that comes from the mouth of the lord hallelujah so i mean god was teaching them how to live by faith you know, and that was why did God just make them stay out in the wilderness? He didn't make them do anything. The fact of the matter is, they had to become people of faith or they would have never lasted in the promised land. God's like, if you can't believe me for food, you think you're going to go in a, in a territory and kick giants out when you can't believe me to feed you? If you don't got the faith for me to feed you, you don't got the faith to kick giants out of a land. And take cities that are well fortified and, and, multi, and outnumber you 10 to 1. So, the whole reason that God even had them in the wilderness was to teach them how to become people of faith. And the fact that they never were able to enter in is because they never learned how to become people of faith. They, were never, they never allowed to humble themselves and just trusted the Lord. In fact, we may talk about this. They complained. It's in Numbers 14. I'll just give you a quick reference to this. In Numbers 14, write it down if you're taking notes and go back and read this. Their complaining kept them out of the promised land. Amen. Lord, should I just... Turn there real quick and then we'll jump back to Deuteronomy 8. I know I kind of have y'all all over the place today. Let's turn there. Numbers 14 real quick. Look at verse 26. So it says, "Then Moses... I think we're going to read 26 through 30. Moses said to... Uh, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, how long must I put up with this wicked community and its complaints about me? Yes, I've heard the complaints the Israelites are making against me. Now tell me this. sure Now... Tell, me, tell them this, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very things I heard you say. You will drop dead in the wilderness. Wow, think about that. Did God do some horrible, wicked thing to them? No, actually, He said, I'm just going to do what you said. Because they were complaining the whole time. Did the Lord bring us out in the wilderness just to kill us? Didn't we have it better as slaves in Egypt? Did He bring us out here to starve us to death and make us sick? He said, now, you know what? Now, I've been very gracious, but really, in actuality, you think the Lord was just sitting there smashing them like a bunch of ants? No, He just said, I'm going to lift my hand up, and I'm going to let the law of of seed time and harvest go to work, and you shall be satisfied from the fruit of your mouth, for the power of death in life is in the tongue. You'll have what you say. Amen. You'll have what you say, good or bad. If you want good things, say good things in faith. and Say thankful. Be thankful. If you want bad things, say bad things and you will have what you say. I will do the very things I heard you say. Man, can you imagine if they would have said, Lord, thank you for the promised land? Lord, thank You for providing for us. The Lord would have said, I'll do the very things I heard You say. Thank You, Lord, for providing for us. You know what? Instead of complaining about the manna and complaining about the quail, like we're getting really tired of eating this quail, why not just say, Lord, thank You for this quail. And you know what? We thank You for for adding extra dishes to our menu. We thank You in advance in Jesus' name. And the Lord would have said, and I'll do according to what You say. The key to increase, the key to the earth yielding its harvest is praise. You'll all drop dead in this wilderness because you complained against me. Every one of you who is 20 years old or older and was included in the registration will die. You will not enter and occupy the land I swore to give to you. The only exceptions will be Caleb, the son of, oh man, Jephanuah and Joshua, son of Nun. Yeah, Jephanuah. right? Jephanuah. The only exceptions will be Caleb, son of Jephunua. Man, they should have just named Caleb, son of Mike, Mike, son of Philip. That would have been great. Joshua, son of Nun. So you will not enter and occupy the land I swore to give to you. Man. That's crazy to think that, that we can actually hinder the things that God swore to us by our words. Well, if God just wants everyone healed and he, you swear, you say that He swore by His Word that, that, that if I'm a believer, I would live and not die, then how come people are dying? How come I'm sick all the time? You can actually hinder and forfeit the things that God swore to do for you by, the, by your words. Because also in His Word, God established seed time and harvest. He is the lord of the harvest. You will you will always reap what you sow. Always. Hallelujah. So I just think this is interesting that I'll give you this one point. We'll go back to Deuteronomy chapter 8. You will never step into the promises God has for you if you're a complainer. I want you to say this. Say, complaining will keep me out of the promises God has made me. So, look, go ahead and back to Deuteronomy 8 and look at verse 6. It says, So obey the commands of the Lord your God by walking in His ways and fearing Him, for the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, flowing with streams and pools of water, with fountains and springs that gush out in the valleys and hills. It is a land of wheat and barley, of grapevines, of fig tree, of pomegranates, of olive oil and honey. It is a land where food is plentiful and nothing is lacking. Hallelujah. It's a land where iron is as common as stone and copper is as abundant as the hills. And when you have eaten your fill, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land that he has given you. Y'all, yeah, I want to tell you, everything in the old covenant was just a type and shadow of, of what was prepared for us in the new covenant. In fact, the Bible says that we have entered into a better covenant which contains better promises. You know, so spiritually, not just spiritually, like we just, you know, well, the Lord's prepared heaven for us. No, in Christ, we can enter into, it doesn't matter if you're in Haiti, doesn't matter if you're in Africa, doesn't matter if you're in Asia, if you're in South Korea or North Korea, you can enter into a land that's overflowing with milk and honey where there's plenty of food, where there is abundance in your life. You can enter into that land. That's that's a promise that we have that the Lord will actually create an oasis out of the desert wherever you're located on planet earth because we've been granted that same blessing in Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, but he says when you get there, that is the time to be careful. Beware that in your plenty you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey His commands. Regulations and decrees I'm giving you today. For when you have become full and prosperous and have built fine homes to live in. Guys, I want to tell you, the Lord's got no problem with us living in fine homes. The problem that He has is when we get into the fine home and forget the one that gave us the fine home. The Lord has no problem with believers stepping into six figure, seven figure, eight figure incomes. The problem that he does have is when we get to that land that's overflowing with milk and honey and we forget the one that brought us there. I know this may sound cliche, but it's really not. He says, beware that in your plenty you don't forget the Lord your God. When your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and gold have multiplied along with everything else. Man, it sounds to me like the Lord has no problem with giving His people prosperity as long as they're humble and they're thankful. Be careful. Don't become proud at that time and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Don't become proud. Y'all, if you're watching tonight and you were able, you're not traveling, I want to tell you. Well, I wasn't able to come to the house of the Lord and, and just really give them thanks and, and do all of that. I was busy cooking. Don't forget the Lord your God that put the dang turkey that's in your oven. That gave you the money to go to the grocery store and buy it in the first place. That put the finances in your hand for you to have TV to turn on a football game and sit in a chair and, and just lounge around. Don't forget In your plenty, the Lord your God, who brought you to the place of abundance. He says, don't forget the things that I've done for you. And he goes on and and talks about how he escorted them out of Egypt, and he provided for them in the promised land. Remember the Lord your God, verse 18, He is the one who gives you the power to be successful Hallelujah. In order to fulfill the covenant He confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. Did you know that promotion comes from the Lord? Wow. The power to become successful comes from the Lord. And the Lord said that, I told you, thankfulness is the key to increase. Thankfulness is the key to increase. Don't forget the Lord your God. Don't forget... He is the one who gives you the power to be successful. Y'all, I can't tell you how many times I've seen that kind of stuff. I grew up in oil-filled country where people would, you know, get off a crack and get their lives straight. And I'm serious. I mean, it was, like, it was like Huntington. It was like the meth capital, I swear, of the United States. I don't know what was going on, but... It would happen all the time. People would get off of drugs and then they'd get on fire for the Lord, and what would happen? They'd be blessed. They'd start, they'd go to work, and God would open a door. I saw guys that, I mean, they had their driver's license suspended for literally like 50 or 65 years. The Lord just supernaturally reinstated everything in their lives. All of their charges over multiple counties dropped. Driver's license re- reinstated, like everything cle- cl- uh, clear and in the free, and, and and they would they'd start being blessed because the word of God works when you come into alignment with His word. And I don't know why people are they, they, that's what the devil's tried to do is just lie to people and tell you that this is just a book of rules and this is just religious. And if you live according to the Bible, you're just religious and you're just a Pharisee. And you're it, no, I'm not. God created everything. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through Me. He is the Creator of the economy. He is the Creator of sowing and reaping. He is the author of increase and success. Guys, so here's a little secret. He knows how to succeed. God created the ground we stand on. He knows what we need to do to be successful on this earth. And He's given us very clear instructions in His Word. So that's why when you see a believer that walks according to the Word of the Lord, like in Psalms 1, those that delight in the law of the Lord and meditate on it day and night shall be like a tree planted along the riverbank who bears fruit in each season, whose leaves never wither, and who prospers in everything that they do. I've seen them, and then you know, they start getting blessed and they start prospering and they get successful, and then now all of a sudden, they start chasing that money and they forget the Lord that brought them there in the first place. Hey, you know, you and your whole family were at church every single week for like a year. But now all of a sudden, you know that your life's in order and you make a hundred and fifty grand and you have the house that you want and the car you want. We see you once every Five weeks. What are you guys doing? Well, oh, we've just been busy. <laughs> and I want to tell you what when when ends up happening about 10 out of 10 times. You look back in five years, and those people are back to where, where, where they were. Usually strung out on drugs again. Lost everything. Lost their house. Lost their family. Lost everything. And I'll show you why. He says this. But I assure you of this, verse 19, if you ever forget the Lord your God and allow other gods, I'm sorry, and follow other gods, worshiping and bowing down to them, you will certainly be destroyed. Y'all, there's many ways to worship other gods. It's not just creating a little pagan Buddha statue that you put in your living room and you decide, I'm going to go and pray to Buddha. No, Jesus talked about how you can't serve God and be enslaved to mammon. Which is, if you look that up, mammon was, is a demon. It's this spirit of greed. It's this love of money. The minute that you make those things your God, he says... Just as the Lord has destroyed other nations in your path, you will also be destroyed if you refuse to obey the Lord your God. So, not only will you not increase, like this isn't, you know, and and I'm not trying to be doomy and gloomy, but not only, like I'm not just telling you, when you get into the place, the blessing, things start going well and the Lord's promoting you, and then you forget the one that brought you there. Well, you know, that's not a good thing. I guess I really shouldn't do that. No, I'm telling you, you're marking yourself. You're opening yourself up for destruction. Because I want to tell you again, God, He's not going to just squash you, but you know what God will do? Whatever you make your God, He'll let that thing be your God. Oh, okay, money's your God? Okay then let's just let it be your God. And let's see what it can do for you. Let's see what happens when when the almighty dollar becomes your God and I withdraw my hand. Oh, your job's your God now? Your job's your your, your God. Okay, let's see what happens then you know, the Lord says, I love you. It's not my will, but what I will do is I will let that thing be your God. And guys, I want to tell you how hard it is praying to a God that has no ears. Praying to a God that has no eyes. Praying to a God that has no arms. Am I a stone, the Lord says, that I can't hear? Am I, that I can't do anything? He's the living. There's one living God. Hallelujah. You cannot tell me that, you know, the Lord would actually turn us over and let that happen. Well, he let it happen for Adam. He was in paradise. But what happened? Adam chose to obey Satan, and what did he do? He let okay. Satan was actually granted the keys of dominion over the earth because it had been given to Adam, and Adam obeyed Satan and transferred the authority. Hallelujah. I got about 10 more minutes and then I'm going to dismiss y'all. I want to just flip through some verses here. Look at Philippians 4. Six through eight. Guys, look what it says. Don't worry about anything. Did you know worrying is a sin? It's a sin. Do not worry about anything anything. Instead, what should you do instead of worrying? Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. There's so many little nuggets in here. Don't worry about anything. What are you worried about? Man, I'm just worried about tomorrow. I don't know if the food's going to get done. I don't know. Don't worry about it. Actually, why don't you just tell the Lord? Lord, this is, this is what would, it would be really nice. And you know what? I'm just going to thank you for everything you've done for me instead of worrying about that. Lord, I'm not going to worry about bills that are coming up. I'm not going to worry about all of these things. I'm free from all of that. Lord, You know what I need. In fact, Jesus said that. Doesn't your Father already know your needs? Thank Him for what He's done. So, even the key to prayer. Ask Him. Tell God what you need. Thank Him for all that He has done. Hallelujah. Don't worry about anything. Look at Philippians 4.4. 4. Skip up to verse 4. It says, Be full. I'm sorry. Always. Say always. Always. Philippians 4.4. 4. How often should we have joy? Always be full of joy in the Lord. Again, I say, Rejoice. So can I tell you something? If you don't have joy and you don't have thankfulness, it's not from the Lord. Why would God give you a command in the Scripture if it wasn't realistic or if He didn't expect it from us? It's, you know, it's, it's not normal to just walk around and be happy every day. Really? No, really, if you're a believer, that's what's expected of us. Always. Say always. That means how how often? All the time. All the time. And not only always be full of joy, don't worry about anything. You know, the thing that takes you out of joy, and I've been preaching about this, taking your eyes off of Jesus. That's the thing that pulls you out of the joy. That's the thing that puts you underneath that yoke of bondage is that you begin to stress. And, and, and I want to tell you something as well right now. You cannot be stressed and be in faith at the same time. It's impossible. If you are, if you are worried, you're not in faith. And it's impossible to be in faith and not be full of joy. <laughs> Because I only tell you, if you really believe what the Bible says is going to happen to you, what God said is going to happen to you, then you will be full of joy. You will say, I have dropped the garment, uh, the yoke of bondage, and I have taken up the garment of praise. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. I just love that. Do not worry about anything. And I know some of you guys, some of you women, you worry about little stuff like that, like Thanksgiving's tomorrow. And I mean, it's like the little stuff. But I just want to say this as well. Didn't the Bible say, didn't Jesus say, isn't life more than food? What are you worried about? Really doesn't matter, does it? And if you are, if you feel that temptation, he gave you the formula How do I counter worry and stress in my life? Tell God what you need and thank Him. Say, thank Him. The key to not worrying, the key to answer prayer, tell God what you need. Thank Him for what He's he's done. And then take up joy because you can ask anything in His name and believe you received it and you'll have it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I told God what I needed and I used the name of Jesus so now I'm thanking Him not only for what He's done but thanking Him for that miracle in advance because I know it already belongs to me. In Jesus name. First Thessalonians five, eighteen through twenty three. Total brain fart. Yep, there it is. Right after Colossians, right before first, it's right before Second Thessalonians. (laughs) First Thessalonians five eighteen or sixteen. Let's read sixteen. Look at this. Always be joyful. Say always. Rejoice in the Lord. How often? Always. Again, I say rejoice. Always be awesome. joyful. If it's not joy, it's not from the Lord. Amen. If it's not joy, it's the flesh. That's right. We got a few minutes. Let me just look at this. Let's see. okay all right always be joyful never stop praying and be thankful in all circumstances this is god's will for who for you who belong to christ jesus so guys it does not matter if you're a man if you're a woman if you're young if you're old if you're a preacher If you're a plumber, doesn't matter. If you belong to Christ Jesus, these are the things that are guaranteed this is God's will for you all the time, every time, to always be joyful, to never stop praying, and to be thankful in all circumstances. Hallelujah. What if you don't like your circumstance? It doesn't matter. Be thankful in your circumstance. Begin to thank God. Begin to thank God. Begin to praise God in advance for everything He's promised. Then the earth will yield its harvest. Then the earth shall yield her increase. And God our God will richly bless you. Hallelujah. Man, I don't even know where the heck I'm at in my notes. But just go since I've been talking about this, go to Galatians chapter five. We're gonna end with this. There's huh? Sure. I would love to hear Let me finish with this and then you come up and share your testimony. Hallelujah. Look at this. The Holy Ghost produces this kind of fruit in our lives love, joy. Can you say joy? Joy. Say joy. Say joy. Say joy. Say joy. joy. The Holy Ghost produces joy in our lives. Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There are no laws against these things. So look, look at the, look, go back up to verse 19. When you follow the desires of your flesh, the results are very clear. Okay. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition. So look, how do you know? How do you know that is what I'm experiencing right now really from the Lord or is it from the flesh? Is it just part of normal life? If it's hostility if it's quarreling, if it's jealousy, if it's outbursts of anger, if it's selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these, that's the flesh. Let me tell you this as well. If it's not love, if it's not joy, if it's not joy, if it's not peace, if it's not patience, if it's not kindness or goodness or faithfulness or gentleness or self-control, it's not the Holy Ghost. This is God's will for all who belong to Christ. Always be joyful. Always be filled with joy. Never stop praying and be thankful in all circumstances. Hallelujah. Let me give you, I said this was it. I'm going to read you Acts 16, something real quick, and then I'm going to turn it over and let Brother James share his testimony. Paul and Silas were in prison. So, Paul and Silas get thrown in prison. I'm going to give you a little summary here because they're preaching the gospel. Around, okay, hold on. Look at verse 24. Oh, no, no, no. Go back up to 22. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. So they were stripped down and beaten, okay? You want to talk about, well, I'll be thankful when I like my circumstance. When I look around and look like what I'm seeing, then I'll start thinking and praising the Lord. Let me just tell you, you might as well get used to what you're seeing because it's never going to change. In fact, it's probably going to get worse. So, they were beaten. They were severely beaten. Wow, not even just kind of beaten, severely beaten. And then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them in the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in stocks. I was reading up on this this afternoon. The stocks that they put them in, they weren't only to lock their feet. They were actually to spread their legs apart, so they were like spread apart to the point where their legs and were so spread that it was meant to inflict injury on their feet and on their ankles and their legs. So, like the people, basically, the point was they would beat these people and then throw them in prison and then put them in these stocks that were so brutal on their bodies that it was like meant to permanently damage them, that they would suffer in agony. That's the type of stocks that they were thrown into. <laughs> Around midnight, man, look at the grace of God. What were Paul and Silas in there? Who <laughs> oh, crying? Oh my God! Why did you let this happen to me, man? God, you're horrible. Man, let me just—you know—it just stinks serving the Lord, and and it's nothing but suffering. No, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prayer, (laughs) the other prisoners were listening. I can just imagine. Can you imagine that? These people that are just hell bent on destroying these guys. They just hear, they're sitting there just like, at the you know, waiting. Oh, man, I can't wait to hear their cries. Let's hear them cry to their God for help. And then at midnight, they just hear, hallelujah, we enter your gates. They're just like, what the heck is, you know, getting so mad? And I'll tell you guys as well. Let me tell you, because there will be people the Lord's, uh, not the Lord, the devil sins to still kill and destroy your life, to strip your joy, you know, However you want to call them, they're tares. People that are hell-bent on destroying you, they're on an assignment from hell, whether they know it or not. They're used by the devil to destroy you and uproot you and, and sway you off of the path that God has for you. Can I tell you, nothing gives those people more joy than to run into you in public and you looking like someone just shot your dog. When someone's hell bent on your destruction and then they see you and you're just walking around life is just so bad. And they're sitting over there laughing. That's great. You know, we accomplished what we set out to do. But can I tell you the opposite? When somebody does everything in their power to destroy you, Destroy the thing that God's doing to rub your name in the dirt. And then they see you walking around and you're just chirpy and you're smiling and you're happy and you're full of the joy of the Lord. The devil inside of them, they start manifesting a demon right where they're at. They're just, you know, they just can't stand it. It's horrible. How? How? How does nothing that I do work? So the, be- the best thing you can do is be filled with joy. It makes the devil mad. When you get a flat tire and He's just waiting for you to get in the flesh, He's waiting for you to say a word that He can grab a hold of and run with, but yet you just praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We love you. We praise you. You're so wonderful. Lord, you know what? Man, I got, I got a flat tire and the sun's going down. and Oh man, Lord, look at that sunset. Hallelujah. That is wonderful. That makes the devil mad. So they were in there Singing. Look how God responded. Suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations. And all the doors immediately flew open. Did the doors fly open before they praise or after they praise? Hallelujah. Because when you begin to praise God, the earth shall yield its harvest. What was the harvest? You know, the Bible says that faith is like a seed. You can sow... Faith seed. What was the harvest? A miracle. The harvest of their faith seed was deliverance. You know, really what they were doing was they were just in faith because the fact that they were singing and praising God showed you they believed. They, they, we're not going to die here. I may be in some stocks and some shackles, but let me tell you, not going to be here long. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. They're just singing and all of a sudden, their faith, their faith pulled that thing down and the earth yielded its harvest and they saw the the hand of the Lord deliver them hallelujah so I wanna just encourage you tomorrow as we're celebrating this day it's not about football it's not about family you know well it's just a day set apart for family great it's actually really a day set apart to give thanks to the Lord for all that He's done for us. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in with me as I shared the Word of God. If you would like to become more than just a casual listener and want to give to our ministry, you can do so in the following ways. For credit or debit, go to www.nbchuntington.org donate. For PayPal, you can send it to NBC Huntington. For Cash App, use dollar sign, capital N-B-C-H-T-X-20. Thank you so much. I pray God blesses you abundantly. Until next time, this is John Wallace.